Welcome back to We Watch. This time we are here to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. If you are familiar with us, then you know that we did a We Watch series about WandaVision, which, I mean, it feels like it ended a while ago for some reason. But I know. That was like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, Does it? But we're back. The, the making of last week, it doesn't even feel like a, a skip happened. Right. Yeah. Um, earlier in the year, we talked about how there was going to be a piece of Marvel content on Disney plus or in theaters every week. And we're seeing that play out now. Um, WandaVision ended two weeks ago, then they had the making of special. And here we are back again with Falcon winter soldier. Uh, I know that a lot of people are hyped, although we are all hyped for different reasons. Some of us want to see flashy action and explosions. Some of us want to see Bucky and um, Bucky and uh, winter Falcons winter. So uh, Bucky and Falcon's knees touching. There we go. So we got I there. would love to see. I would love to see Bucky Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's an interesting uh threesome. <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna pull that off, but maybe in the finale. There's a fanfic uh, about it already, I promise you. Somebody figured undoubtedly, it out. Somebody undoubtedly. Somebody figured out the mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of fanfics, we actually have something to say about that a little bit later on. One of our listeners came through with a fanfic for us based around this show. But before we get into the review and everything else, I just want to give you guys a little bit of information about who we are. If you are new to us, The Comics Pals is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things comics. If you like the characters and you like watching them in movies or TV shows or in the comics, hopefully, uh, wherever it is that you like to see them, we talk about them. So come hang out with us. Our weekly show drops on Monday. Our rewatch series drops on Saturdays. And we even do comic book reviews as well. So whatever you're fancy, we're here to tickle it. Hang out with us, like us, wherever it is that you listen to us, follow us all over the place. If you want to write in, do so at the comicspals at gmail.com. You can join our Discord server, a link to which is in the description. And if you're watching this on YouTube, that means you get to see our snazzy background designed by Pete. Thank you very much. And... You can leave us a subscribe, like the video, share with your friends. All that jazz is free, and it helps us out a lot. So without further ado, Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 1. Now, I know there's been a lot of trepidation about this show. And we've talked about it on our main show, about how after WandaVision, especially being such a different kind of show, different kind of uh, MCU production, that's something that feels like the more traditional fair um, might feel like a step back instead of a step forward. So at least based on this first episode, uh, where do you guys stand on that? I don't I don't know that I'd say it's a step backward, but I would say where WandaVision, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, felt like a, fresh, a breath of fresh air and, and a step forward in some ways for the MCU. This feels like kind of a lateral move. Like this feels way more like I'm back in the MCU. You know, it, yeah. it feels more like a homecoming um, Spider-Man joke, not intended, but appreciated uh, <laughs> because right. Like even like the beginning of this episode, right? Like it's like Falcon, he's on a mission. It starts with this action sequence, um, which I do want to talk about the cinematography of that a little bit, but absolutely, um, it, it feels more paint by numbers. Right mm -hmm. then, then WandaVision, which was inherently a uh, like it was a puzzle box, right? Like it was very much from the first episode, even if you didn't watch the first episode, right? It's like, what is this? 
how does this make sense? Is this in universe? Is this another, you know, like there were all these very, very like comic book ass questions that you have to ask about what WandaVision is and what it would mean. Whereas this, it's very much like, okay, cool. We're picking up with characters that we know very well. And we have an idea of who they are and where they are in their lives and, you know, um, what matters to them based on when we last saw them. Um, and we're learning more. We're getting more, especially about Falcon, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel as like, I don't know, I guess as dynamic, right? Or like, or as surprising as WandaVision did. But we knew that. We knew that this was going to be, you know, more of like a, hey, like these are the MCU secret agent type characters, right? And they're going to go on a mission and they're going to achieve that mission, right? And then there will be, you know, a fun buddy cop drama along the way and, you know, maybe some knee touching. (laughs) If we're lucky. If we're lucky. (laughs) If they're willing to throw these thirsty-ass fans a bone. (laughs) Traditionally, they're not, so we'll see. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I feel very similarly. This was a, uh, um, you know, back in the the throes of of thriller action films that most of the MCU uh, is. So yeah, I don't feel I, I feel like it's right back in that territory. Mm. Not like in a bad way, for me. Like, yeah, it, I mean, I think this this one was always going to be that. Yeah, because there's like there's nothing quote unquote special about these characters. Right. Sure. They're not Scarlet Witch who can manipulate reality or Loki who's a literal god. You know, so. And like even the setup, right? Like, like, um, take it back like three months ago before we had seen any of this stuff and we were like talking about them and our excitement levels. Like, WandaVision is, is a, is a weird elevator pitch no matter how you slice it. Loki yeah. is dealing with new things for the MCU that we don't know about and that we like, you know, you can extrapolate things from the comics and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's very like, what what is he going off and doing? Who are these people? What is their relevance? Like, if you're just an MCU person, that's still all new. And it's also a new Loki. So it's a character we know, but it's not the character that we most recently left off with either. Whereas these guys, we're picking up exactly where we left them off, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like, there's been some personal stuff going on, and they've both kind of gone in their own direction after the end of what happened in, you know the uh endgame. yeah an end game um but you know their status quo is not super changed yeah that's interesting because I, I i feel the opposite of that in the sense that the mcu hasn't well starting with wandavision is doing a better job of establishing how the events of endgame affected these characters mm. um and this episode of the show roots us in that. And we can see how, you know, their lives are altered. Um, you know, these these dudes were gone and life went on. You know, Falcon uh, talks about how his, his, his little nephews were, you know, little kids. Yeah. You know, like much younger kids. And then he comes back and they're, you know, they're, they sprouted. Yeah, he's like, he says and, that they're little men. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and that's a huge thing for a person, right? And yeah. and this show took two characters who are some of the most human of of of, of everyone, right? Um, grounded characters, even though Falcon flies, like 
he's a lot more grounded than say Thor. Um, and it, it connects you to their human problems. Yeah. It connected me. I felt so connected to Falcon, the way that Sam was talking, the problems that he was dealing with interacting with his sister. When have we ever really seen that? Like familial interaction. I didn't even know right? he had a family. You know, exactly. Like... They never showed those things. So all of a sudden, this character that people probably like liked because he's very charismatic. Anthony Mackie as an actor, very charismatic. And they gave Mackie. him. Yeah. <laughs> he's so and they great. gave him just enough to do in every movie to not feel wasted. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I really care about this guy. Like, wow, I love this. I, I agree with that for sure. And, and I think like for me, uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying in terms of they always gave him enough to not make him feel like a sidekick. Like, he's a supporting character, but, like, it was, like, yeah, like, this is, you know, like, this is one of the people Cap trusts the most. That means a lot, right? Like, that says a lot about his character um, yeah. as a man. Uh, but to, like, get to see this familial connection that we weren't aware of and that, that there's, like, baggage there, right, that, like, he left. And, like, he left his sister to deal with this. And then he left again for five years when he disappeared, right? And, like, all this shit. And, like, sure, she supports him and, and respects what he does or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, there's resentment there, right? Like, the, or at least I, that was how I was reading it. Um, and, yeah, like, that gives you so much more to grab onto with him as a guy rather than just, like, oh, I love Falcon. He's funny. He's charming. Like, he's cool. You know, it's, like... This is a guy with problems and with, like, you know, who life. feels so, – yeah, life. He feels a way about the legacy of his family, right? Like, he feels a way about um, about that disconnection from that and that he wants to, to slide back into a life that doesn't exist for him anymore, you know? That's human as shit. Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And I think this this episode did a great job balancing the – you know, the the flights of fancy and all the crazy stuff with both of their their regular lives in a way that I hope they plan to continue. I, I hope agree. that that's that this episode is not like just, you know, the first hour of an MCU movie where it's all slow and then it just explodes and there's no time for those things. I really want the show to continue to evaluate these characters. Yeah, I really hope that it's more like WandaVision where it's like 90% talking and like 10% fighting. Like, that sounds way more appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, 70-30. Fine. That's, that works for me. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into some of the, some of the, the things that happen in the episode. So uh, as Pete laid out, and we can talk about this, um, you know, the episode starts with a really cool action sequence where you know falcon is taking down batrock the leaper uh, again played by george st pierre which is awesome to see him come back is that who that was yes i didn't wonder if that was, was somebody i didn't clock that until you said that but now i'm like all oh, right he was in a fucking super purple suit <laughs> he was in uh he was in winter soldier, winter soldier and he got his ass kicked by cap there too um oh yeah i didn't remember that yeah Shit. so he he made his return so that was pretty cool um, and in a really fun, vibrant action sequence that sucked me right back into what the MCU is, is typically like, mm. uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I liked it. My only gripe with it was I didn't love how it was shot. Um, I think they shot it with a drone and it had that very like 
active, like, shaky cam. Like, you're really fucking, like, flying with Falcon. And it kind of made me motion sick. Um, mm. I had to keep closing my eyes during it when there were the parts where he was just flying because I was like, oh, this is, like... It, it was a little too much. It, it felt like um, like watching someone else play, like, a virtual reality game. And, like, the fact that the screen, like, keeps, like, shaking or whatever, it's like, oh, Jesus, this is, like, fucking me up. Mm. Um, which sucks because it was a super, super cool scene. And, like, getting to see uh, a scene that was just focused on him fighting rather than, like, fighting with somebody else right. was cool. Because, like, um, oh, what's the name of the little drone that used to actually be a bird? Red Wing. Red, Red Wing. Like, the the way that he utilized that was cool. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like we've never seen him, like, get to go through this many phases of a fight as the focus. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, that was really neat. Yeah. It's more dynamic because it's in the air, too. You know? Like, how many MCU characters do we even follow that, like, gen- generally are... <laughs> just fighting in the air, like, even if they can fly. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a heightened sense of stakes for Sam, um, just in the fact that he's in the air by himself, and he's a, he's a dude. And there's so, this clock yeah. ticking about, like, yeah. oh, if he gets over the border, like, then it's an international incident, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know... Iron Man flies around all the time, but he is in a suit of armor that's going to protect him, right? And Thor is, you know, an alien. So uh, Falcon is just a human, and that's it's pretty crazy to see him in these situations. And it's not even something you all the way think about before he becomes the focus of a scene. Mm-hmm. And so now we're looking at everything he's involved with through different eyes. Now. Did he not kill that guy? He did, killed, he, did he not catch bodies? No, he killed a <laughs> he lot killed, of dudes, yeah, dude. Several. He because he, yeah. he uh, if you'll recall, in the the initial conflict inside the plane, he throws a guy out the airlock who right. I don't think has a parachute or a wingsuit on yet. So that guy's probably fucking dead. He blows up like three helicopters. He saves one of the guys in the helicopter because he like pulls his ripcord, but like he blows up like three helicopters and then definitely have a person inside. And and it's not like G.I. Joe where you see the guy like coming out after it's like, no, he fucking iced these guys. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to be controversial for people. Uh, personally, it doesn't bother me because Falcon is not, this isn't the same exact character from the comics. This is a military dude. Yeah, he's a soldier. Who, exactly like this is not a game right like he's not fighting goons who stole from the store these are terrorists and you gotta do what you gotta do so for me i wasn't bothered i thought it was awesome for me it was the fact that he intentionally tried to limit how much he was killing people where i'm like yeah man like he's not he's not doing it because he wants to right like he's uh, getting attacked by like 10 people and two helicopters and they're actively trying to kill him like Sorry, like, yeah, like, there's casualties in war. Like, that's that's it, man, you know? He's not the Punisher. Right, yeah, he's not out there, like, wantonly fucking killing people. Like, he's trying to save a person. That's the job he's doing. Shit went south. Like, what are you going to do, you know? Um, I'm with you. Like, I'm sure that people will take issue with that, but, like, I did in-universe, that made sense to me. Kill. Yeah. <laughs> tell me your tell me your show me your military propaganda without telling me your military propaganda 
right uh in uni- in universe of course it makes sense yeah. like that's the that's the job but um i don't know yeah i i did think it was well done i i um but yeah there was definitely a point where I, where i went he's killing all these people straight up and then, and then at the end that soldier dude cheers for i him. know that was where it clocked for me where don't he's like great about that i'm just like oh no <laughs> yeah um again i'm sure that that will be a hot topic but um it is what it is uh so so yeah after falcon ices a bunch of guys um <laughs> funny, funny though i'm just replaying spider-man uh on the ps4 again and uh spider-man doesn't kill people except for what he does <laughs> i just do the same fucking thing so <laughs> That was one of my favorite pastimes in that video game was tossing dudes off roofs. Like, yep. yeah, bye. You guys suspend your disbelief at some point. All right, gang. Like we're talking about this is a guy who has wings. Like, all right. <laughs> this is not the same U.S. government that we have in the real world. <laughs> well, well, it's not great. But <laughs> How did you guys feel about him giving up the shield? Did you expect that? Um, uh, No, I thought it was pretty stupid, to be honest. Hmm. I, I didn't expect it, but I – it's one of those things where, like, I, I feel like it makes sense for the character. Yeah. Like, I, I bought that he would do that and that he would then be, like, feel some kind of way about it later, you know? um So, like, the last scene – you know, I don't know if we want to jump ahead to that, but, like uh, – I, I mean, it's it. a premise of the whole sure, show. Sure, right? So, so yeah. the last scene is that – he had at the beginning of the episode given the shield up they put it in the smithsonian uh and then they announced that there's a new captain america who they've given the shield right um that's narratively rich right like the idea of like oh this isn't this isn't mine it doesn't feel like mine you know so i'm gonna give it up but then somebody else takes it and you're like hey like no like that is mine you know and then like he feels that ownership over it because Steve was his friend and he chose him to be the successor. Right. So like the idea of him kind of coming into that role, I think will be really cool. I mean, if that's where it goes, um, mm. I, I think I'll be excited to see that arc for him, for him, for him to like turn the page from I'm Falcon to, I now feel like Captain America, you know, and what, and all that represents and all that, all the weight that that carries. So, I think for me, it was it was like, damn, you know, I totally get where he's coming from. You know, you feel the pressure of of what that means, right, to be Captain America and to be black, you know, and and it's like Mm -hmm. you can't really you can't divorce the racial element of it from that scene or at least from where Falcon's probably coming from, at least in my mind. You know, why did they accept his his offering of the shield and then immediately give it to some massive jawed white guy, you know? Yeah. Um fucking potato like, head. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and him and him feeling like, you know, I can't I can't do this, you know, I can't bear the weight of this. I can't have America looking out on me. You know, when he's in the Smithsonian and he's looking at all of this, um, you know, all this imagery of Captain America larger than life. I think there was even an Alex Ross uh, 
painting yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, and the original um, cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and you see this bearing down on you, and it's like, man, how can I live up to that? And that's something that any person can relate to. If you know, as a son, as a daughter, whatever it is, right? But then also even bigger than that, at least you know, in this case, is relating to it as a person of color, uh, dealing with you know imposter syndrome and things like that just not feeling like he's the person to to take on this mantle and i love how that crisis of 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 self is mirrored in what's going on with his family and wanting to live up to the legacy of his parents and uh and then also i really liked how that scene was grounded by by roadie being there and like them walking and having that conversation because like i like how at least for me right like they said it without they without saying it, right? Where it's like, yeah, man, well, like, I get it. Like, I'm walking into Tony's shoes. Like, these are the these were the fucking guys that cast the shadow, and now, like, somebody else has to do it. Like, should be us, you know? Like, um, and he doesn't say that, but like, he says that, you know? Like, and I don't know. That worked for me a lot. I thought that that made that even more powerful, you know. Also, I just love Don Cheadle. <laughs> and and that's another thing that I really enjoyed about this episode is that it felt like a comic. Like, here's uh, James Rhodes randomly, you know? Like, here's Batrock the Leaper. Here's Black Smasher. Like, all these different characters are just coming out. And meanwhile, in the midst of that, you have the real personal stuff that a lot of times the movies don't even get to. Mm-hmm. So this felt for me so much like, you know, an issue or two of a comic and i really appreciated that feel especially when they were diving in to um their personal lives like what's going on with bucky um who we haven't even addressed yet that opening sequence of 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 his where he's back as winter soldier and killing people and stuff like that knowing that he's still haunted by his past and that the movies really haven't given him the space to address that in a real way Mm -hmm. i really like that uh and again, I, I think it's just cool. Like, this is something that, like, they do in the movies, but I feel like movies move so quickly that, like, moments don't have time to breathe and stuff. And, like, environmental storytelling, I think, can get lost in the shuffle sometimes. Um, like, I liked how he wakes up from that nightmare and he's in his apartment and he's sleeping on the floor in his, li- in his sparsely furnished living room with the television on in a sleeping bag. And, and mm-hmm. he's got his dog tags on. And I'm like, oh, so... It's like a lot like that kid from Punisher, right? Where it's like you clearly still have PTSD. Like you're you're clearly yeah. not living like a civilian. Um which is obviously what he's supposed to be doing. Um and then when that comes home to roost, like with the reveal of of his relationship, and I can't remember the the guy's name, but the older uh uh Nori, I want to say. Yori? Yori. 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 Yes. Um, like they introduce that character and you're like, oh, he, so he has a friend or whatever, but like, you don't really know who that is. Like my first thought was like, oh, is this like an old like war buddy? Like Hmm. something like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is this somebody from his old life that he still has a connection with whatever. Um, and then when you get the reveal that it is like, this is the, the father of this, you know, innocent man that was a, a casualty of, of, you know, um, that nightmare, right? And that, like, he's clearly made this connection with him because he wants to make amends and he wants to apologize or, you know, give him some peace of mind or whatever, and he just can't do it um, because he's so ashamed of 
of like the person that you know he was um and that that to me was like a a that was probably the most I've ever emotionally connected with him as a character. You know, of just like, yeah, like that's that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. And like that's a you can imagine the guilt and the grief that that he would feel and that it would only get worse as he gets to know the guy better, right? Like he's now a friend who, you know, he tr- he sets up this date for him, like he's trying to gas him up, you know, and like He's like this really nice, sweet guy who he inflicted this in- insane amount of grief on. And, like, he just has to live with that, you know? Like, Yeah, um, and, and the thing about Winter Soldier is, you know, the blip happened and we're seeing characters have to deal with that. He's not even really dealing with that because he still has all this past stuff to deal with. Like, Yeah, he barely had a life anyway. Exactly. Yeah, what his, difference his, does it make? Yeah, it didn't matter if he was alive or dead. And that's one of the sadder elements of the Winter Soldier character is that he never really had a life. Even even before, you know, as as Bucky, you know, he died very young. Yeah, and he was in the um, service from the or time not, he was not died, 18. but like he, you know, he he got taken over very young. Right. Um, and he lost his life. And um he ne- he's never had one. So even just trying to do things that for us is normal, like date a girl, you know, he mentions using uh, so, uh, uh, dating apps and things like that. It's weird to even hear those things coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And I love that we've been living with this character for so long that even something as like generic and basic as trying to date is something that we can connect with him on and feel for him on because we do feel sad for him that through no fault of his own he has an immense amount of guilt and pain that he has to process and people who really he, he his their lives he has ruined yeah and he didn't even that's not what he was trying to do and and it's like funny when you when you say that Sean cuz like you know there's there's all this context too, right? Of like you think about the fact that like he would have enlisted in the service when he was probably 17 or 18, right? So he went from being a child to a soldier to a weapon to now it's like what does he have? Like what does he have to like Sam is the only relationship he has in the whole world, really. Right? Like that's yep. like who else even cares about him to reach out? Well, not even Sam at this. Oh no, Sam does. That's right. He was texting him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Like Sam clearly cares about him and is trying to like maintain a connection or something, right? And be a friend. That's right. But he's shutting him out. Yep. Uh, and he, there's nobody else. Like Steve was his only friend and only family, and he's gone. You know. And but look at how he lit up when they when when he talked about Wakanda. Right. Because that was the only time in his life he got to be a person. Yeah, that that hurt doubly because even the reference of Wakanda is something that, you know, this is the first time I'm pretty sure that they've yeah. referenced it in universe since Chadwick's passing. And I immediately had to think about that. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, but- Which I mean, shit, right? Like when they inevitably address that. So oh, cool. His, his only other friend. Great, good for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's super chill. 
I hope yeah, I hope they don't they don't they don't really go there with this, yeah. this show. I uh, I, no, I don't know. Definitely I need, I need not. more definitely not yeah, with this show. I need yeah. more space. Yeah. Um but yes, <clears throat> go ahead, Kale. One thing about Sebastian Stan, um, his delivery of some of the older aspects of the character, you know, like when he's on the date and the lady goes, Oh, how old are you? He goes, 106. <laughs> just the, his delivery is just so perfectly dry yeah mm-hmm. one one thing uh, when uh with the uh the moment we were just talking about when this the psychiatrist calls him out for not texting sam back i really wanted him to go i don't even know how to use that thing <laughs> right he had and, a flip and, phone uh, yeah which is funny is, it, is that the first time we've seen a superhero in a movie or television well Probably not in a television show, but the first time we've seen a superhero be in therapy, at least as it relates to the MCU. Uh, not technically. Mm. I would maybe in in traditional therapy. Yes, I would. I think so. But there was the support group in the beginning of right. Uh, yeah. Endgame that, that was facilitated that Cap was by leading. Cap. Like yeah. that kind of counts. I would say it's similar. Yeah. But at the, at the end of Iron Man three, do you find out him telling the whole story is? him seeking misguided therapy from um uh uh Bruce Banner. I feel like there have been a couple of but moments I, like that. I think to your point though, this is like the first time that it was in a in the more traditional sense. Right? Like this is just this is a one-on-one session with a therapist. And played for I mean slight laughs I guess, but but mostly, you know, seriously, yeah. 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 Because I feel like it's not played for laughs as much as his character is trying to use humor to, like, sure. yeah. um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, to diffuse a tense situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. To and, mask his emotions. Right. Which, again, for a man from the 40s is pretty normal. <laughs> like, when he's like, oh, like, this is all new for me. I'm like, what? Like, talking about your feelings? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I really appreciated how the therapist was telling him, you know, you're free now. Like you, you got your pardon, which was pretty cool. The way they updated us on his status, because Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Uh, You got your pardon. You're free now. What are you going to do with that? What do you want? Like free to do what? And he doesn't know. I love that because yeah, he's 104, whatever he is. And he probably legitimately doesn't know what to do with his life because of all the things he's been through, but just put yourself in that, you know, uh, freedom can be a burden, you know, because you're, you, you're simultaneously free and responsible Mm -hmm. and he's never really been responsible before. Like all the actions that he's taken as winter soldier were not his choice or orders. Those were, yeah, those were things that were forced onto him. And his choices that we've seen him make in the MCU so far, the ones that he's actively responsible for, have been good ones, but he's been under the leadership of Captain America as a, a, a an adjacent member of the Avengers. Have we even... The only one I think we have actually probably seen is him joining the military and following Cap. And everything else is him being told something right exactly and i mean even that right like that decision is motivated by steve like that was steve's journey that he uh, went on you know and and again right like what like what happens this is like uh 
an actual thing real soldiers go through um, when you leave the service and you have to reassimilate to military life. And it's like, oh, right. Right. Like, fuck. Like, I don't know how to do this. Right. Especially if you sign up when you're a kid. Right. You go from being a child where you're in school and parents and your life is regimented and in some way. And then you're in the military where your entire life is regimented and you have assignments every hour of every day. And when you have free time, it's scheduled for you. Right. And like all those things that you don't have to think about making friends or because it's, it's there. It's just the lifestyle. And then all of a sudden you're let loose and it's like, figure it out. And if you don't have exactly. a family to go back to, you don't have, you know, a support system. You're alone. You're fucking alone. And, and that's why I'm happy to push back against the argument that this show is, you know, military propaganda or anything like that, because I feel like so far what we've seen are really condemnations of the systems yeah. um, and grace for the people in them, the, the, the people who get chewed up and spit out. Like Falcon talks about how he doesn't even have money like that. You know, he he doesn't he he was going to get alone like we don't even think about the fact that these people, these superheroes or whatever, they're not making money out of that. Falcon went to the military. He gets out. He joins the Avengers. He don't have anything going on. Winter Soldier doesn't have anything going on. These are these are people whose lives were taken by the military and who come out and don't really have anything going on. Yeah. Um. Falcon's lucky he met Cap. What would he be doing if he didn't meet Captain America? Whatever he was doing before, you know, um, that wasn't necessarily working out that great for him. So I feel like there's a lot of I feel like Marvel's very aware of how this show could be received if it if it goes a certain way. And I don't think that they would lean there anyways. But I think that they're probably being even more cognizant of the way that they uh address those types of things i hope you're right characters who are hurt by their experiences in the military yeah i I hope you're i hope and i think you're right based on this episode um because that that was like the same conversation we had about punisher right was like there was this narrative of like is this glorifying violence and guns and all these kinds of things and it's like i mean shit like the entire thing's an indictment of the military and violence and the cycle of violence and you know it's it's all it's about violence. It's about how violence impacts people and it breaks them. Right. Um, and that's that's a story worth telling, I think. Yeah. Um, so we we see the the flag smashers are in this show being presented as a terrorist organization, whereas normally I believe it's a singular person. Uh, now they're being presented as a terrorist organization. Feel that things were better during the blip. And I really, really love that as an idea. I, I really like the idea of the blip being something that they're willing to play with and showing us the way that all kinds of people reacted to that experience, including people inclined towards bad and towards terrorism. Yeah, I, I like that. I think where I'm frustrated with it is, and, and it's only one episode, right? So grain of salt, Um I worry that using the flag smashers and tying up this other kind of um, ideology, because because it, it's not just that they they're like we think that life was better for the blip and we want a world where there's no borders and there's a unified government, 
Those are like two different things. Um, and it's fine if, if a group has two goals, that's okay. Um, but I think the fact that like you're rooting that in this like anti nationalism, you know, trying to tie it to anarchy and all these things that are like very, very often uh, misunderstood and, and kind of like misrepresented in media. Um, it makes it feel clumsier. And like, granted, I don't know where this is going to go, right? I'm, I'm making um, assumptions that, you know, hopefully are, don't, don't come to, to pass. But um, I worry that the juxtaposition of like that group and that ideology versus Captain America and what he represents and, and America, right? Um, is something that I could see being clumsily done. But I'm hoping that they are able to kind of skirt the same line they did with Civil War, right? Where it's like Captain America represents what American values should be, not what they are, right? Um, the Captain America, you know, um, doesn't represent like imperialism, right? Which is a huge American problem and an American ideology. Um, so... I don't know. They they're gonna have to subvert those things, um, and hopefully that's their intention, right? I think that uh, Captain America villains, villains in that space, are often that the that kind of character, um, or have you know political ideologies or views that you know. And from a certain point of view, could be good, but the individual or individuals representing them aren't good. Yeah, and I think that's okay. And I think, especially within the context of conversations about race, that the show is inevitably going to have to wrestle with, and you know, legacy and all those different kinds of things. I think that they're probably going to land at a place where they're really having. Uh, as nuanced conversations as you, as you can expect from a show like this, uh, nuanced conversations about those issues that will allow them to not feel as, I don't know, just bland and and like, oh, here it is, you know, whatever, just fight now, yeah. as that can come across. I hope that's not going to be the case. I don't think it's going to be the case. Um, but we don't know. This so, episode gives me hope that what you're saying is correct. Um, and I, and it, it, at the very least, it's given me uh, enough rope to want to give them the benefit of the doubt and that some of my concerns have been assuaged a bit. Um, they could still circle back and fuck that up pretty easily. But um, I, I think that the things that you're raising are, are good points, and I think they are things that they're cognizant of. It's just a matter of, I guess, of like, do all the pieces come together? Um, cause I would really hate for the takeaway to be like, you know, that you do have this net, like you said, like there's so much potential for this narrative about like, you know, race and what, like what a black Captain America could mean and all this stuff. And I just don't want it to veer into like a, um, that area that I feel like stuff like this can veer into where you're like, the problem is that we need more female drone pilots. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. right. That's not. We need more women on the Fortune 500 list, right? We need more female billionaires, right? Or we need, we need more black billionaires. It's like, okay, but like that shouldn't be the takeaway, right? Like the, the takeaway shouldn't be pro-military propaganda. Um, so as long as, as long as that's not where we end up, I, I, think, I think they're laying threads that I'm going to be 
happy with. I think that if you, and I would say this to anybody, I think if you like the Captain America com, uh, character in the MCU, then you probably aren't going to be disappointed by what they're doing here. Because Captain America in the MCU, in my opinion anyway, doesn't represent the values of the military so much as he represents the ideal values of humanity mm-hmm. and what America is supposed to be, not what it is. And that's something that we see a lot in the comics and I think they've touched on in the films. And mm-hmm. that's going to be even more hammered in when you have a black guy put the costume on. Totally. Um, and it, that's what the Winter Soldier was about. Exactly. You know, it's the 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 case of of uh, <clears throat> what does he say? The fury. Uh, it's not something. It's fear. That was the big line of the. It's been a the while. Big line of the uh, the film. I haven't seen uh, it in a few years, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the basically what you said. It's 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 him standing up for for what's right and what he believes america is supposed to be versus what it actually is mm-hmm. exactly um but yeah this episode gives me a lot of hope for the future for this series i have had high hopes because these are two characters who i enjoy and um i think they deserve a lot of shine and i love the way that the mcu has handled their corner of it so far even before now so this is right up my alley i can't wait until we get some more um that was i guess that was u.s agent at the end huh yeah yeah right yeah. that's john walker right I so, think so big fucking nerd it's gonna be interesting how they play him because he has been at times a bad guy he's been an anti-hero he's been just a straight up member of the avengers so he's been all over the place and uh it's gonna be really cool to see how they you know subvert our expectations or don't with that character we don't know what the hell they're going to do with him yeah um but i'm very excited for this show and again this is this is the ride for the next six weeks you can you can expect us to be talking about falcon winter soldier every single week on we watch thank you so much for joining us uh we are going to wrap up letting you know once again how you can find us all over the internet we have the comics pals every monday you can find our weekly podcast where we talk about the comics, the characters, the movies, all that stuff. This drops every Saturday. So come check us out every Saturday or whenever you get the chance, make sure you watch the show first. Cause we will spoil everything. Um, and next week, invincible coming to the uh, rotation as well. We'll have two episodes that we watch for you starting next week. Double dose. Absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for listening to us. We are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. That's a pigeon sound. Da, 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 what a falcon da, da, sound like. Da, da. That's, I don't know. There we oh go. my God, is that what falcons sound like? <laughs>